It's Wednesday, October 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me from the Great White North, Mr. Jim Gillies. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, it's great to be here, Chris. Thanks. We have a couple of stories in the entertainment business, but we're going to start today with earnings from Levi Strauss. Online sales in the third quarter grew 52%, and uh, as we saw with the previous quarter, that is, those online sales are helping to make up for store closures, which have been happening during the pandemic, and shares of Levi's up more than 7% this morning. Yes, and I, and I love it because they're, well, we'll bring it up a little bit later, they're, they're bringing along another company with them, uh, which is about up 8%, and I happen to own the other company that's in the denim space. But we'll, we'll look at uh, Levi's here. Yeah, this is, this is another case of, uh, we've, been, we've been, had a few of these uh, in the last couple months. It's pandemic-style reports. So in isolation, the report looks awful. Right, sales are down 27%, and uh, you know their um, uh, their earnings are much lower than they wanted to be. I think it was income was net income was down about 78%. Um, but viewed in context of the pandemic, where they did have a bunch of store closures, as you said, um, expectations were super low here. And so what Levi's did was they had sales of about 1.06 billion versus expectations of just over 800 million in sales. Uh, they turned in uh, 8 cents of earnings per share. Market was expecting a 22 cent per share loss. Uh, cash flows are actually up year to date over last year, Chris. Their free cash flow is higher. This is mainly due because the company has um, uh, intelligently managed their their working capital. It's not because you know there's some secret to the thoughts here. They really clamped down on their capital. Um, but overall, the, the report was much better than uh, Wall Street was expecting. Uh, you mentioned the 52% uh, online sales growth. I guess if you if you have a brand of uh, and a fit of Levi's that you like, you could just easily order it for, uh, direct from them or from one of their partners like Amazon. Uh, they've been less promotional, spending less there. They did cut about 15% of their workforce in July. But, you know, things are much better than were anticipated. It was pretty rock bottom anticipated. And the stock is up, as you say, about 7% today. Should they be, and, and, and maybe they're doing this. I haven't looked uh, closely at, at any comments that have come out from management. Should they be rethinking the physical store strategy? Should they be pouring even more resources into online? Um, uh, I, I, I don't say this to demean the business, but it's not like they have a lot of SKUs. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like they're selling an enormous variety of products. They're a jeans company. Yeah, they probably have more than 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 you suspect. Uh, just different varietals, and you know, some uh, upperwear shirts and and what have you, denim. Other ancillary products, we'll call it. Uh, but yeah, I, look, I think every company in, in, in this kind of retail space is probably rethinking their physical retail strategy. Uh, and I think they should be. Um, you know, maybe you don't need as many stores. Maybe you don't need as many um, outlets. Uh, and, and so I, 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 I would suspect they're doing that, but I suspect everyone's doing that in, in this environment. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I know some other companies. I mean, I can make some direct comparisons, but you know, some smaller companies or other companies are in active uh, shutting down stores, or they're saying, "Hey, this geography is ably served by we've got three stores in a certain geographical area. We could probably cut it to one." 
uh, maybe two. And, and so I can think of a couple of retailers that are doing that. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I did. Uh, uh, I like a lot of the moves that these guys are making. Um, the balance sheet at Levi's looks pretty great, actually. They got about $1.4 billion in cash against $1.6 billion in, in debt. Um, they have uh, cut their dividend for the second half of this year, so they're husbanding cash there. I don't think you were buying Levi Strauss for their dividend, but uh, you know it, it, it's a little bit of cash that they do husband uh, that I suspect will probably come back in 2021. Um, but yeah, I, I, th this, this is a, given the other stories I know we're going to talk about today, this was the bright spark. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I, I own shares in a company called contour brands, which uh, is the dumbest name. Um, uh, but they, they own the Lee and Wrangler, um, gene brands. And so because of the success that Levi's is doing, they're, they're, they report about a month before Contour does. Uh, so the market is inferring that Levi's results probably will spill over to Contour brands. And so Levi's is up about 7%, as I mentioned. Uh, Contour is up about 8%. So I'm quite happy to see that. And take heart, my friend. As long as Truist is around, Contour Brands is not the worst name out there. It's uh, no trunk. I'll give you that. But uh... That is true. Uh, five years ago, AT&T paid $49 billion for DirecTV. Now AT&T is looking to sell DirecTV, and the bids they're getting are not $49 billion, and they're not higher than $49 billion. They are uh, not. The New York Post reporting... AT&T is moving ahead with this despite the fact that bids are coming in around $15.15 billion. Where do you want to begin? Well, fools, we're going to say now that the uh, happy sunshine portion of the podcast is now over. Uh, and we're about to get into the... Um, the opposite of that. Um, yeah, so AT&T bought DirecTV uh, about five years ago, paid $49 billion in equity, $67 billion, Chris, if you include the debt. And uh, the news stories this morning were saying that the bids were, quote, well below $20 billion, end quote. Um, this, I think, is indicative of a number of things. First of all, I mean, they, they made an acquisition at what looks like if it wasn't the tippy top of a specific market, in this case, uh, we'll call it um, linear TV or TV. You watch a program on a certain channel at a certain time. Um, if they didn't manage to top tick this, they came pretty darn close. Uh, at the time, they were, they were hoping to put it with their own um, uh, direct offering. I believe it's called Uverse. Um, I could be wrong with that, but I believe that was the name of it. Uh, so when they bought DirecTV, they had uh, about 20.3 million customers. Uverse had another five and a half or so. So you had about 26 million paying customers there. Uh, today, uh, they're not being terribly specific, but uh, the number of customers today of the combined operation is well below 20. Um, they their offerings have shifted so they continue to morph and the waters are somewhat muddy and of course they bought time warner at some point um a lot of this i think though is you know they they started almost immediately after buying it they started fidgeting with what they'd bought and arguably undermining the brand that they'd bought like they bought it to change it and kind of gut it which strikes me as odd but it also strikes me as probably roving bands of different executives within the halls of AT&T fighting over the spoils and fighting with what their vision was. There was no unified vision, it doesn't look like. Uh, and, and then it's also, I think, uh, an example 
I'm going to call this the research in motion example, and that's going to be a little bit of a weird comparator, but, but maybe not once I explain it. This is an example of management clinging to the past and refusing to acknowledge where the world was going because their livelihoods depended on it. So this is very much a Charlie Munger uh, ask, what are the incentives? And if you under the, understand the incentives, you can probably understand what's going on. So I, I call it the research in motion example. Uh, in, in 2007, some company called Apple released some product called the iPhone. And research in motion laughed basically because they were the kings of the smartphone and everyone likes their keyboard on their phone and our security is better. And had a market share north of 40% in the yes. mobile phone market. Yes. And that, what Apple's doing, iPhone's a toy. It's a toy. People want keyboards. How'd that work out? Not so great. Right. Not so good. But but I mean, like, but but they did. But they chose to not acknowledge that. Oh wow, there is some uptick here. And oh wow, look, uh, this company called Google has brought out this other operating system that can power practically any hardware phone called Android. And people, and and as late as 2011, you were seeing them you know, kind of still pushing back and not really committing to the, where the smartphone market had gone. And if you actually watch the market share for uh, uh, operating systems, Chris, the, the, your 40% market share in 2007 for uh, BlackBerry was down to about 1% by 2011. And Apple and Google had each gone to about 40% apiece. So, I mean, you know, but they just refused to see what was in front of them. Similar to, I think, what AT&T management refused to see what was in front of them. And so, you know, they refused to acknowledge that cord cutting and people stepping away from linear TV was real. Uh, here in our house, you know, we're watching Netflix. We're watching Amazon Prime. Uh, we have a Canadian HBO stars kind of hybrid. It's called Crave. We're watching that. We've, of course, got Disney Plus uh, and on and on. My kids love YouTube. We haven't had a cord. We haven't had a direct uh, connection in, I don't know, it's got to be at least 10 years. Uh, and, and, you know, and, but, and so here's AT&T, where I'm going to say, if you are a long-suffering AT&T shareholder, since this deal was made, uh, the, low, the stock price today is lower. So you've lost money. Uh, if, you've, if you've managed to reinvest the dividends, I think you're slightly up, but that is cold comfort, uh, if, especially if where you could have invested in, uh, in an S&P index fund at the minimum, right? Um, and it's just, you know, now they're just gassing. They're throwing their mistake over back over the side for probably a third of what they paid for it. And I, I should point out, uh, John Stanky, who's the CEO at AT&T, he just got there. Randall Stevenson, the former CEO, was the one who pulled the deal on this. So, you know, I think Stanky is, is, is probably just looking to recover whatever amount of cash he can. And yet, I think it, I think it says something about sort of the state of AT&T's management across the board that, um, I don't know if you saw this, uh, uh, Pivotal Research, uh, just a, an analyst firm, put out a, a report today about Netflix increasing um, the uh, one-year price target for Netflix to $650 a share. It's currently around $510, $515, something like that. And part of this firm's thesis is, and I'm paraphrasing, in terms of the competitive landscape, uh, they have a line that basically says, yeah, we're pretty sure AT&T is going to screw up HBO Max. For all of the excitement around HBO Max and the horrible branding mess they made of it, 
they still have good programming there. And yet, one Wall Street firm is like, yeah, we're pretty sure they're going to screw that up. Based on history, that's probably a good bet. It's probably a good bet. Um, let's move on to shares of Sirius XM. Up 5% this morning on reports that the satellite radio network is close to signing a new deal to keep Howard Stern for a reported $120 million a year. Uh, you and I spent time this morning on our own trying to figure out what amount of money has SiriusXM paid Howard Stern since he started working there, I believe it was January of 2006. Yes. And it's somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a quarter billion dollars. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, this is his fourth five-year contract. And look, he's a, Howard Stern is a senior citizen at this point. He's like, what, 66? I mean, you know, uh, shouldn't he be taking it easy? But then again, if you pay me $120 million, I'll probably show up for work once in a while. Um, and, and look, uh, the, the, this is not $120 million going into Howard Stern's pocket. It, he, it's paying for the show. It's paying for his productions and, and for his staff. So uh, he's doing fine. But, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll say that, you know, this is for the Howard Stern property, not Howard Stern, the, um, the uh, shaggy-haired individual. Um, but this is, this is kind of similar to what we just talked about with uh, research in motion, with changing technology, because uh, SiriusXM, it was, I was saying to you, it, they almost had to do this deal because there's some percentage of people, based on surveys, it's, it's maybe in the neighborhood of 15% or so, the number one reason they subscribe to SiriusXM is because of Howard Stern. So yes. it was very much in the company's interest to figure out a way to keep him there. So he yes. was in the driver's seat. And, and what happens? What happens when he does decide to ride off into the sunset as well? That that should be what I mean. Because if it is fifteen twenty percent, Chris, I mean Sirius, SiriusXM is in a they have a monopoly position in an increasingly irrelevant industry, right? I mean, what, what are they beyond Stern? I mean, sure, they bought Pandora. Um, the stock price today is lower than when Stern debuted. Now they have gone through, I mean, they, they, they went through the merger with XM in, in 2008 and they bought Pandora in 2018 and they've issued a bunch of shares. But, you know, like if, if, if you've been a long-suffering shareholder in Sirius, unlike with AT&T, which is eerily similar, uh, you're definitely down if you've been holding here. Um, and if you bought, like, again, you might be a subscriber and you, oh, I want to hear my Howard Stern. I want to hear what crazy hijinks he gets up to nowadays. But if you are an investor, and I'm just coming here as an investor perspective, if you bought Sirius because the king of all media was coming, you are in the hole today after 15 plus years, including the dividend. Um, a, a, a running to stand still stock for a decade and a half is, um, can we agree that's suboptimal? We can. Um, and and it's, um, you know, it's a reminder that particularly when people are starting out investing and you know a a good guidepost is start with the businesses that you're familiar with start with the businesses that you understand because the more you understand how they make money uh the better in general you're going to do as an investor um but that is not that is not a place to stop. That is a place to start. You know, sort yes. of the old Peter Lynchism of, of look around you and what are the products and services you're using. You can be a very 
happy SiriusXM customer and very satisfied as a customer and not go anywhere near that stock. Yes, it's the Peter Lynch, as you say. It's the. Uh, it's usually truncated as buy what you know. It's more a case of uh, if you like the product, maybe you'll like the stock. And in this case, you can like the product. You probably should not like the stock. Uh, so 15 years going sideways, it's up 5% today. Whoop-de-doo. I don't think the future is going to look any different than the past recent past for Sirius. So I, I'm not a big fan of owning the shares today. Good for Howard Stern, though, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, through a bizarre set of circumstances, should we end up in a bar with him somewhere sometime? We can confidently say, I think you're going to pay for drinks. Yeah. Jim Gillies, good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.